the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, August the 16th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On August 16, 1977, Elvis Presley died at his Graceland estate in Memphis. He was 42 years old. Today in 1777, American forces won the Battle of Bennington. That was considered a turning point in the Revolutionary War. Today in 1861, President Abraham Lincoln issued Proclamation 86 that prohibited the states of the Union from engaging in commercial trade with states that were in rebellion. The states that were in rebellion was the Confederacy. Today in 1948, baseball legend Babe Ruth died in New York at age of 80, I mean 53, not 83. Kind of a wasted life. He was a great baseball player, as many of us know. As a kid, you know, I learned about him and so on and and um, read about him and uh, one thing or another. But he lived a horrible personal life, and apparently it caught up with him, but he died at age 53. Not unlike the life that Elvis Presley lived, who died at 42. Things, actions, lifestyles, sometimes... They have consequences. Today, in 1978, James Earl Ray, convicted assassin of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he told the Capitol Hill hearing he did not commit the crime. He said he'd been set up by a mysterious man called Raoul. Today, in 1987, people worldwide began a two-day celebration of the Harmonic Convergence that heralded what The New Age believers called the start of a new age of humankind. I don't know what they expected from this new age of humankind. I think, well, I do know what they expected. They expected peace and kindness and love and and a lot of influence on their part. But uh, that has not worked out. There's only one harmonic convergence. There's only one way. If you're looking for a new age, you find it in a new life in Jesus Christ. It is not a bunch of people sitting with their legs crossed around the world hoping for better times. What only can bring peace to the human being is a man dying on a cross outside the city of Jerusalem. And that man happened to be God in the flesh and he died for our sins. We accept him, and that brings about a quote-unquote new age in our lives. The old passes away, and we become new creatures in Christ. That's what these people are looking for. I preached a number of sermons on that during that period of time. I also talked about it on television. People got people accepted Christ. I mean, they were some of them were sincerely open. Some of them were just jaded. It was the next new thing. A lot of the actors and celebrities in Hollywood were into this new age thing. I mean, they still are, but I mean, very much so. 
but this convergent harmonic convergence thing was they had triangles from Mount Shasta to I don't know Redding to Puyallup I think Washington they were all over the place with this but it it was a pretty big deal people were talking about it books were written about it one thing or another but um, what it all boiled down to is the human heart needs to be changed by a loving God who loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever would believe on Jesus can be transformed, can be changed, can be forgiven. They can have new life in Christ. That's what these people are looking for. Every one of us are looking for that. I, I hope I hope that you have, and I, I just share this with you just as a friend. I hope you haven't gone to church your whole life and been very active in religious activities, including the kinds of things that we talk about on this program. I hope you are involved in those, but I hope it doesn't stop there. I hope you don't feel that you're right with God if you haven't personally accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and ask him to forgive you of your sins and express that you really do believe that God came in the flesh and that he died on the cross and that he rose from the dead. If you haven't confessed that in, in prayer, you don't have to do it publicly, but it's nice when you do it publicly, but accept Christ into your heart. If, you, if you've been religious and you've done the right things to the best of your ability and you do want to do the right things and so on, that, that's wonderful. But that isn't all of why Christ died on the cross. He died on the cross because we're sinners. No matter how many good things we do, and we need to make that personal commitment, asking him to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And Lord, I believe that you came in the flesh. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He rose from the dead. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. That, that, is, that is the hinge point. That is the pivot. That is the apex. That is the point of the difference between life and death eternally. So I would encourage you to just take a moment and ask Christ to come into your life. If you need any advice or any help, send me a note. I'll get back to you. I'll watch for it. I read the notes that come to us. Five years ago, five years ago today, newspapers across the country pushed back against President Donald Trump's attacks on, quote, unquote, fake news. <laughs> there was a coordinated effort. A series of editorials were published in newspapers across America five years ago today, putting down Donald Trump because he suggested that there was fake news out there. And to beware of it. They said that they were defending a free press. That isn't true. That was not true at all. That would be a lie. They were not defending a free press. They were defending their right to be an extension of the Democrat Party. And to carry on the work of the Democrat Party and the far left ideology. That's what they were really saying in this. And I can assure you, and many of you know, they continue to do that to this day. 
President Joe Biden finally has decided to go to Hawaii. Um, remember, he made that comment the other day on Sunday. The reporters were saying, are you going to Hawaii? I mean, do you know what's going on out there in the fire and so on in Maui? And, and he mouthed the comment back to them. He said, no comment. And that was, I mean, that created a firestorm, no pun intended. That Those people are suffering out there. I mean, over 100 so far dead and still counting, and they're still discovering bodies. Some are saying it's so grotesque that they can hardly look at what they see as, as they go through the remains of that whole town. So he didn't seem, he seemed to be, unconnected to it he didn't seem to even think of it in terms of part of the united states or something i don't know but he was so ambivalent about it he faced this wave of criticism for his lack of response and he seemingly was very apathetic maybe he didn't understand the gravity of it i don't know but on (laughs) he finally made some remarks at the top of his campaign speech on thursday and he it, it it kind of it it kind of sounded sarcastic to be honest with you and I I don't mean that in a just to be critical of him but it it, it just seems so odd and so out of character for anyone who's president of the United States to act like it doesn't really matter and the whole thing was about him and the fact that he said no comment and it all at the end of the day his whole response was about himself. I don't know. Anyway, he's going to Hawaii, they say, this morning. They announced he's going to Hawaii, uh, to Maui, in uh, or wh- wherever he's going. They said he's going to Hawaii on August 21st to visit with those impacted by the deadly fires in Maui. Interesting. He seemed to be joking when he mentioned it uh, on Monday and Tuesday, actually. Um, he was talking about giving a speech or a talk about his Bidenomics and how great everything is. And he, he was kind of joking about it. And it just, I, I thought, boy, you know, this guy, I don't know. Maybe he can't help himself. George Washington, one of the great presidents of America, the one of the founding fathers, the guy who led the Revolutionary War with an army that everyone in the world was saying could not could not ever beat the British. Well, they did. George Washington said this. He said, Still I hope I shall always possess firmness and virtue, even to maintain what I consider the most enviable of all titles, the character of an honest man. It's a good thought for today. A more important thought is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. It's the word of the Lord. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Don't get weary over how crazy our world is. Just stay strong in the Lord. God is in control. There's some strange things happening in Georgia. Have you noticed that? I'll bet you have. I think a lot of you follow the news. 
One thing is certain. Some of the people in Georgia hate Donald Trump, and they're determined to get him and to get anybody else who likes him. It's really come down to that. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. A Fulton County District Attorney, this Fannie Willis, she's indicted former President Trump and 18 lawyers, aides, supporters in Georgia late Monday night. I mentioned this yesterday morning, it just in passing, but I want to talk a little bit more about it. Late Monday night, she put out this this indictment, and uh, it's the fourth indictment. She put it out in the like in the middle of the night almost. And I'll come back to that in a, a moment. Why well, I think she did, but this is the fourth indictment of Trump by Democrats. The grand jury met for about ten hours and they heard testimony. Then they voted on the potential charges on Monday night. So she rushed out. And announced to the press at night, she couldn't wait till the next morning. I want to talk to you about some of the takeaways from this indictment. There's some things that the press isn't talking about, and they won't. But I'd like to talk about it today because it's a fact. And there are lawyers and you know people that are extremely well-versed in these kinds of things that are saying the same thing I'm saying. So it isn't just my idea, it's a collective idea of people who are clear-thinking, conservative types, even though some of them are Democrats, actually. But they're talking about the fact that this is putting our Constitution, our Constitution on the chopping block, perhaps, and possibly. So we'll talk about that. I want to take a moment today to tell you that if, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be here today. This program wouldn't exist. And I am very well aware of that, and I am deeply grateful for your support. I'd like to encourage you to stand with us each month. Summertime is kind of a time when people are, their schedules change due to school in particular, but other reasons. And um, sometimes, you know, it's a little tougher during the summertime. So please remember us. Thank you for standing with us, and thank you. If you don't stand with us, thank you for listening. And would you just ask the Lord if he would have you to help us and stand with us? We need you. We need your help. We need you to stand with us financially. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. There's a number of things that are coming out of this matter with Trump. I mean, they're piling these indictments on him, four of them now. But the RICO statue is a tactic, and that's what this uh, uh, attorney general in, in uh, Georgia is using, this Fannie Willis. That's, that's a, one of the main part of her, the architecture of her case against Trump. And believe me, uh, that's what it is. She has a history of, of making derogatory remarks about Donald Trump and criticizing him publicly on every angle. So when she says, I'm just going to follow the law, that that just simply is not true. But this RICO statue that she's using against him to secure an easy conviction of Trump, even if it's overturned, the Georgia case invokes this racketeer-influenced corrupt organizations. It's RICO. It's a statue of the kind used to prosecute like mobsters and for large criminal enterprises. Harvard uh, Law School professor Alan Dershowitz, and he's a Democrat. He voted for Biden. I've heard him say that publicly. He uh, he says 
he, he, he says, RICO prosecutions often survive early procedural motions and lead to convictions. And he said they are often overturned on appeal. He said Democrats want a conviction before Election Day. This is a Democrat, but he's a law professor. And you probably have seen him. He's on the news a lot. He, I mean, people, Fox and others quote him often and interview him and so on. But he says it's, it comes down to this. He said this RICO uh, aspect of this indictment against Trump in, in Georgia, he said, comes down to the Democrats want a conviction before Election Day. Another thing that I've noticed about strange things in floor, in, in Georgia is the indictment was rushed and it was leaked by the Fulton County before the grand jury had even voted. Really? It got out there, so it was a pre-gone conclusion. They already knew what they were going to charge Trump with before they heard the testimonies, the grand jury. It was out, It was on the Internet for a while, and then it was pulled off. A special grand jury with a clear anti-Trump bias had already recommended charges against Trump. The grand jury that voted to indict him on Monday only heard testimony for one day. Hours before the grand jury voted, however, the, the county court posted, then they deleted a document that resembled the final indictment, which may have violated Trump's rights and, his, and suggests that it was a rigged process. Well, I guess it does. When, you, when, they're, when they're making a decision, when they're hearing a court case and they're making a decision the, it isn't the, the decision normally isn't already written up and someone sticks it on the internet. But that's exactly what happened. Like we're now deliberating whether Donald Trump is 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 guilty and like, oh, what's this? Oh, well, it's the, what you're going to decide. And it's on the internet. I mean, really? You think, oh, there's got to be more to it than that. Well, there is, but that is what happened. There's much more to it. They already know what the outcome what the outcome is going to be, as far as they're concerned. Although this district attorney, this Willis, she held a lengthy press conference following the indictment, she refused to explain how the indictment appeared Monday morning and then was deleted before they had decided, supposedly, on Monday night. I mean, it's a sham. It just is. I mean, by any account. A Fulton County clerk said it was fictitious, and nobody knows what fictitious means in this case, that they're fictitious, or this was, it, it, it couldn't be fictitious if she's talking about the document that was put online because it mirrored what they decided, quote unquote, later that night, and it was on the internet in the morning before they had, quote, decided what they were going to do with Donald Trump. It's an amazing thing. Charges against Trump and co-defendants were leaked online. Reported Reuters reported it, and they're not a conservative news organization for sure. But moments later, the charges just disappeared from from Twitter. They were gone, <laughs> and the DA's office said the document was, as I said, fictitious. The indictment, though, revealed the charges that that the voted on by the grand jury were the same ones that were apparently filed. In advance, almost at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day was what exactly that was the the decision by the court. Talk about strange things in Georgia. That's strange.
There's a lot of fictitious stuff going on down there and elsewhere. I'm not making a defense of Trump so much today as I am. a. Def- he doesn't need my defense, but I'm making a defense of the Constitution and what our country is all about. Now, already, this district attorney, this Fannie Willis, she's she probably, I mean, she, she, based on what she said in the past, she hates Trump. She hates him. She has, I think it was last year, she was reprimanded by another judge for hosting a fundraiser for a Democrat who was running against one of the potential targets of her grand jury investigation. That was just a year ago. She is also running for re-election in 2024. She's already fundraising. Like this Manhattan uh, district attorney, this Alvin Bragg, he was in the news here a while back. He ran explicitly on a promise to find a way to prosecute Trump. Willis's own political and fundraising interests are very hard to separate from her handling of this case against Trump. The indictment was announced shortly before midnight for no apparent reason. There was no reason for Willis to rush the the indictment before midnight or to hold a late-night press conference other than to ensure that the indictment would dominate the news coverage the following day. The fact that the indictment was filed in the dead of night reinforced the sense that this is fundamentally a political prosecution, not a trial. They're not looking for the truth. They're looking to get a man that they hate. They're afraid he'll become president again. It's meant to cause the maximum damage to Trump as the 2024 presidential race begins. The indictment includes lawyers and aides and even supporters. The Georgia indictment seeks to convict and imprison Trump's legal team, members for the supposed crime of crafting a strategy for challenging the 2020 election result. Hillary Clinton is still, she's still talking about how the election was stolen from her way back there, years ago now, when Donald Trump beat her. Nobody sees that as criminal. Maybe they should, based on what they're doing to Trump and all of the people associated with him. I mean, they're dragging 18 other people into this thing. It's unbelievable. By that standard, almost every election lawyer in the country could be a target of prosecution. Democrats also claimed voting machine problems back in 2020, for example. But only Republicans have been charged in this case. Kanye West, he's a rapper guy who kind of talked like he'd given his heart to the Lord a while back and then he talked like he hadn't. I don't talk about him because I don't know where he's coming from. A lot of Christian, in fact, Christian radio programs were hailing and saying, you know, praise the Lord, Kanye's one of us now. I was pretty slow on that one. I, I didn't want to get involved in that because I, I didn't I didn't see it or feel it in my heart. Anyway, I don't I don't know anything about him except he's in the news a lot. But his uh, guy is Trivian. I think it's pronounced it's K U T T I Cutie. I don't I don't know. Uh, anyway, he worked for Kanye West, who now is refer refers to himself as Ye, like Ye All. Um, he wasn't at the time, but now he is that. But he's accused, this guy that his works for him, of pressuring an election worker, this Ruby Freeman, to testify about participating in supposed ballot counting irregularities. The indictment accuses a pastor, Stephen Lee, of asking Harrison Floyd of blacks for Trump 
to convince this cutie to pressure Freeman. Well, the indictment doesn't connect the three, doesn't connect Lee and Floyd and cutie to any officials on the Trump's campaign team. But they put that in there formally in the indictment, including this pastor. They're indicting him because he asked somebody to put some pressure on somebody to vote for somebody. The indictment claims that political statements are acts in furtherance of the conspiracy, but they haven't proved that it was a conspiracy. And again, I'm not a lawyer, but I I know how to read, and I've read a lot about this and given it some pretty deep thought. The indictment cites ordinary political statements as if they were criminal acts. These include retweets urging people to contact public representatives, criticism of elected officials. Can we not do that anymore? Claims that the Constitution allows the vice president to reject electoral college votes and tweets by Trump urging people to watch TV. Aides are also accused of crimes because they reserved rooms or asked for phone numbers. The indictment covers conduct in other states, not just Georgia. With this indictment, it focuses on Georgia, but it includes conduct in other states, such as the public hearing about voting irregularities in Pennsylvania. I mean, I I don't know how smart people can stand with this and support it. I I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but most of you aren't either, but it's so easy to understand if you just read their words. It's not about justice. It's about a political win, and it's about getting rid of someone they hate and are fearful of. Trump faces a possible 76 uh, and a half years in state prison on 13 counts, just in this case, which would, it would be hard to pardon this, actually, from what I've heard other lawyers say. They've set it up purposely that way, but that brings Trump's total potential sentence across all of the indictments, all four of them now, to 717 and a half years in prison. Or, on the one case, possibly the death penalty, which is available for one of the charges in the federal indictment over the January 6th thing at the Capitol. The indictment is unbelievable. Neither Stacey Abrams nor Hillary Clinton They haven't been indicted in Georgia for the same thing. Abrams, the losing uh, gubernatorial candidate for the Democrats in 2018 and 2022, claimed that her first race had been stolen. She worked with the Democrats across the country to change voting rules in advance of the 2020 election. Clinton and her comrades promoted the Russian collusion hoax conspiracy conspiring with journalists and prosecutors in the attempt to overturn the 2016 election. Everybody knows that. There's been no action against that. She laughs about it. Pray for our country. We are out of time. We have always needed God. George Washington and his associates understood that, our founding fathers. They built a country on the principles of godliness and righteousness, on biblical principles. For a long time, the leaders of America acknowledged that. Even if they weren't devout Christians, they acknowledged that. They talked about it. They integrated God and godliness and righteousness into the process of living and the daily life of America. We now have leadership in America, and we have those people in power and influence who detest the God who gave us life.
pray for our country. I have been fervently. I'm asking you to stand with me. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.